welcome to the Once Blind Podcast, your host, Carlos. Hey, welcome Once Blind, it's Carlos. We are doing Bible or Not. So we're looking at a message taught. Now, this isn't going to be a full message. This is uh, someone who's cut out the, the quotes and stuff like that. Kind of shortened it because from an hour, hour and 15 minutes to seven minutes is a whole lot better. The picture that you see above me, I believe it's in this corner here. It is David Wilkerson, pastor or was a pastor. Now he's at glory of the Times Square Church. Now, Times Square Church is known as a seeker-friendly church. There's a lot of things that have gone there, but David Wilkerson himself was not a seeker-friendly pastor. He was not the type of teacher to mince words. So I kind of already know where this is going, but I want you guys to, to really listen to this message with me, see if you can hear these words, and kind of let them do their job. It's pretty convicting. So, Before listening to it, I will say Bible, and I want you guys to be able to, I don't know, kind of maybe allow it to work in you the way it worked in me when I uh, first heard it. So, here we go. And I look at the whole religious scene today, and all I see are the inventions and ministries of man and flesh. It's mostly powerless. It has no impact on the world. And I see more of the world coming into the church and impacting the church rather than the church impacting the world. I see the music taking over the house of God. I see entertainment taking over the house of God. An obsession with entertainment in God's house, a hatred of correction and a hatred of reproof. Nobody wants to hear it anymore. I don't know how I feel about the music behind it, though. I can't stand uh, when people do that to messages to kind of make it more eerie or more, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Some people like it. Hey, it's my opinion on that fact. I'm uh, not a fan of the whole music behind it. But so far, what you're listening to is what we have, as people, have done with the church. We've created a show. We've done all these things to really take away from God and try to reach people on an emotional level. Now, this is what he's saying, and this is what he stood for, if anyone actually knew him, listened to his messages. But then again, why was your church that way? Why is it that regardless that you felt that way, did did it go that way? Maybe because he had a board. Maybe it's how the church wanted to be ran. But either way, Whatever happened to anguish in the house of God? Whatever happened to anguish in the ministry? It's a word you don't hear in this pampered age. You don't hear it. Anguish means extreme pain and distress. The emotion so stirred that it becomes painful. Acute, deeply felt inner pain because of conditions about you, in you or around you. Mm. Anguish, deep pain, deep sorrow, agony of God's heart. We've held on to our religious rhetoric and our revival talk, mm. but we've become so passive. All true passion is born out of anguish. 
All true passion for Christ comes out of a baptism of anguish. You search the scripture and you'll find that when God determined to recover a ruined situation. Baptism of anguish. Baptism means to be submerged in. Okay. And I know, I know, I know that a lot of people are like, but anguish, why anguish? Imagine God watching his church. Imagine God, his heart, pure, watching over his so-called ambassadors. Anguish also over the things that we see, the poverty, the, the illnesses, all these things happening in this world right now. Anguish. Where is the anguish? I'm, I remember hearing this so many years ago, and it hasn't changed for me. Where, where's our heartbreak? You know, we, we, we say, because it's such a beautiful saying, but do we mean, God, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Right? We've heard it in a song or two. We sing it at our churches. We proclaim it out of our mouth. But but break our hearts. Now, if this is the thing, if God's going to break your heart for the things that break his, and God is in anguish watching his children, because those that are a part of his body are his children, right? Those that are the church are his children. And as he watches this, and he watches the pretenders, and he watches this other thing, and all this stuff, do you not think that he is in deep sorrow? Do you not think that he's going through a, a, a pain that we cannot describe. As a parent, when you see your child go through something, do you not cry with them? When they're babies, they're sick, they can't tell you what's wrong. There is anguish in a parent. How many parents, maybe I'm the only one, but how many, and I know I'm not, how many parents have even prayed to a God that they didn't believe in? Give me what he's got or she's got. It's better on me. Yet we go to church, and by the church I mean a building, and we see the rhetoric. We see the garbage that's being spewed out. And we're not in pain. We're not in anguish. We don't even allow outside things to, inf not influence, but impact us the way they would impact God. Our prayers are so superficial. There's no pain in it. And again, when you look at scriptures, man, being a part of the way, being a part of who God is, we're going to look at this stuff and we're going we're gonna to feel it. It's, it's not meant, okay? It is not meant for us to go through life and not worry about what's going on in the world, man. We're supposed to be in anguish about the things that we see. I mean, there's so many things today. How is it that we, the church, are not in anguish? How is it that today we, the church, can just ignore all this? He would share his own anguish for what God saw happening to his church and to his people. And he would find a praying man and he would take that man and literally baptize him in anguish. You find it in... The book of Nehemiah, Jerusalem is in ruins. How is God going to deal with this? How is God going to restore the ruin? 
The folks look at me. Nehemiah was not a preacher. He was a career man. Mm. This was a praying man. And God found a man who would not just have a flash of emotion. Mm, facts. Not just some great sudden burst of concern and then let it die. Amen. He said, no. I broke down. And I wept. And I mourned. And I fasted. And then I began to pray night and day. Why didn't these other men, why didn't they have an answer? Why didn't God use them in restoration? Why didn't they have a word? Because there was no sign of anguish. No weeping. Not a word of prayer. It's all ruin. Does it matter to you today? Does it matter to you at all? That God's spiritual Jerusalem, the church, is now married to the world? That there's such a coldness sweeping the land? Closer than that. Does it matter about the Jerusalem that's in our own hearts? The sign of ruin that's slowly draining spiritual power and passion? Blind to lukewarmness? Blind to the mixture that's creeping in? That's all the devil wants to do is get the fight out of you and kill it. So you won't labor in prayer anymore. You won't. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. He's talking to the church. Man, is he talking to the church. He's talking to those that call themselves Christians today, man. It's been years since I heard this message. But my God. How we've forsaken you. You haven't forsaken us. We, we have forsaken you. And it's... It should put us in anguish. You know... Even on this note, when's the last time you've prayed for anything outside of yourself in anguish? When? When have you ever felt like this next statement? Before God anymore. You can sit and watch television and your family go to hell. Let me ask you, has what I just said convicted you at all? Mm. There's a great difference between anguish and concern. Facts. Concern is something that you, the biggest interest you. You take an interest in a project or a cause or a concern or a need. I'm going to tell you something I've learned over all my years, 50 years of preaching. If it is not born in anguish, if it has not been born by the Holy Spirit, where when you saw and heard of the ruin, that drove you to your knees, took you down into a baptism of anguish where you began to pray and seek God. I know now, oh my God, do I know it. Until I'm in agony, until I have been anguished over it, and all our projects, all our ministries, everything we do, where are the Sunday school teachers that weep over kids they know are not hearing and they're going to hell. I, something about a grown man weeping is, is just heartbreaking in a sense. Because this guy, this guy was a thug, man. This guy was 
freaking, he was a gangster. He was out in New York City where there was no churches out there preaching, going after those that no one wanted to talk to, those that were supposedly unreachable, and he was out there reaching them. Like, this, this guy was a G, and there he is, and he's pouring his soul out. You know, the conviction that's within him, and, and then he asks his church, is this convicting you at all? Because he's talking about them. He was talking about laboring in prayer. When is the last time you, you, the person, whoever you are listening to me, have labored in prayer? And not only for you, not only for you, right, but for those that you love, for those that you see in pain. You know, it, it's, it's interesting to me how much I watch certain Christians, not everyone, but certain Christians, labor in prayer for a kid they didn't know because he might go to jail for something he didn't do. And I was like, man, if, if only this was a normal occurrence for, for the things that happen in this earth. And then this last quote that he said was, where are the Sunday school teachers that weep over kids they know are not hearing and going to hell? Now, Sunday school teachers, I just want them to know that Jesus loves them. That's it. That's all I want them to know. If they know that, then everything is saved and there's rainbows and beautiful unicorns. Like, are you out of your mind? Not every person that sits in the church or in a Sunday school is saved. Not every single one of them even cares about what's going on in the world biblically. Just because they're there. Like, come on. And as a Sunday school teacher, you're supposed to fill in the cracks where the parents haven't. You're supposed to teach them. You're supposed to love on them. You're supposed to pray for them. So when's the last time a Sunday school teacher was in anguish for that one kid they knew? Now, I'm not a believer of Sunday school teachers, but if you are going to take on that role, then take it on as if it were for your own kids. And if you're not... Maybe you're not the type of parent who even gives a darn about your own kids. Well, maybe, just maybe, look at Sunday School Teacher as an opportunity where you're babysitting and influencing God's children. Because Jesus said, let the children come to me. What do you think is going to happen if you have to stand before God? Stand before God and, and tell him, man, yeah, I didn't care. I didn't care. And he says, but I entrusted you with them. I entrusted you with that one. I entrusted you with that one. Why didn't you care? Why didn't you even try? You know, why didn't it even bother you that you watched these kids? You were probably the one to see them go through all the ages of life. All the stages, I should say. And you didn't care. You didn't pray. You didn't weep. It didn't affect you as you watch this person grow away from the Lord as a Sunday school teacher. You see, a true prayer life begins at the place of anguish. You see, if you use such your heart to pray, God's going to come and start sharing your heart, his heart with you. Your heart begins to cry out, oh God, your name is being blasphemed. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit's being mocked. The enemy is out trying to destroy the testimony of the Lord's faithfulness and something has to be done. There's going to be no renewal. 
no revival, no awakening until we're willing to let him once again break us. Folks, it's getting late and it's getting serious. Please don't tell me, don't tell me you're concerned when you're spending hours in front of internet or television. Facts. Come on. Lord, there's some need to get this altar and confess. I am not what I was. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. God, I don't have your heart or your burden. I've been, I wanted it easy. Just want to be happy. And, and that's, that's, wow. Right, we spend hours in front of TV and internet. Now I know. Guys are probably watching this on the internet. Hey, listen, if you want to turn this off to go pray, go for it. But understand, he's not saying no TV, no internet. What he's talking about is kind of like, and I know I'm not the only one. I've turned on my computer to maybe do a study, maybe to watch a video of, of a sermon. But I, I open up whatever video source I'm looking at and a link says something. It's like, oh, you know, I'm into UFC. So, ooh, UFC fighting. Oh, okay. Boom, boom, boom. Before I know it, I spend an hour and a half. And, and now I, I have no time to actually look into what I wanted to look into. Study whatever I wanted to study. Listen to whatever sermon I wanted to listen to. So I took the time that I was going to dedicate to God. And I put it towards something that meant nothing. We open up our phones and it's like, okay, fine. I, I'm going to read the Bible because it's in my phone. And yet we see that we have an Instagram message or a, a Facebook message or this message or that. And we open that up and then we go through the loop and we never did what we intended to do. Because we're distracted by the things of the world. And when we get distracted, we put God in the back burner. God doesn't belong in the back burner. So again, it's not to say... Don't ever watch TV. Limit your time in front of the TV. You know, don't allow TV to be what you go to. Limit your time on the internet. I, I'm, I'm blown away sometimes by, by certain people. I'm not going to give them a shout out because I don't want them to get all shy and then... But I know certain people who will literally turn off all their accounts and turn off all the things because they know that they're spending too much time on the internet. And they'll literally disappear from the internet world for months at a time because they know that it's become a distraction. You know, I, I don't know how many times my wife will literally shut down everything that has to do with the internet for herself. Because it's getting in the way of whatever project she has. I mean, she homeschools, she takes care of the house and all these things. And sometimes it's easier to just look into a screen and, and listen to someone say something rather than do what we have set for us. I know at work I should be, you know, doing my job. And I'll go through a, a rabbit hole of, of whatever videos or whatever it is. So again, it's not about not having internet or not having TV. I mean, listen, if you can live without it, good for you. But it's not about not having it. It's about being wise and not idolizing it and putting it before God. Because here's the thing. When you spend time with God, God, like he said, shares his heart with you. 
When you read the scriptures, you get to know the heart of God. But if you're too busy with everything else, I, I love this one thing Raven Hill said, you won't spend an hour listening to a message in a church, but just spend two hours at a stinking movie house. Huh. That's interesting. That is interesting. Because a lot of these messages, man, that these men were teaching are pretty accurate. And now this message anguish is way after uh, Ravenhill had passed. So I'm just saying. It's, 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 it's weird how the messages just continue to come back and come back. And it's the same thing. What are we putting first? But Lord, true joy comes. True joy comes out of anguish. There's nothing of the flesh will give you joy. I don't care how much money, I don't care what kind of new house there is. Absolutely nothing physical can give you joy. Thanks. It's only what is accomplished by the Holy Spirit when you obey Him and take on His heart. Amen. Build the walls around your family. Build the walls around your own heart. Make you strong and impregnable against the enemy. God, that's what we desire. There you go. That's just seven minutes. Now, guys, it's David Wilkerson, A Call to Anguish. You can find it on uh, social media, the video ones, and rewatch it the entirety. I mean, it's a great message. It is a message that if you can listen to it and not have conviction, I question where your heart is with God. We need... To really look at this world the way God is looking at it. I know so many people, so many people that are very good at pointing out the evil in the world. And it's personal. It should be personal. Because see, when, when the church is, is being attacked, it's the body of Christ, right? When, you're, when your ankle is being attacked or you stump your toe and your toe is being attacked, Okay, actually, you attacked your own self. But either way, when that happens, the body doesn't ignore it. The churches are being attacked today, and other churches ignore it. There's no anguish. There is no, no nothing. We don't feel it. We're numb. But we point out every evil out there, and even that doesn't affect us. But it should. Because you see, regardless of what's happening today with Everything in the world with the, the crookedness of, of what's blatantly being done in our faces. And we don't care because it's not affecting us now, but we don't realize that it is affecting future Christians, our children as well. And we should be in anguish and in prayer and on our faces, feeling the effects of what it's going to do to the body of Christ. Because at the end of the day, your children are yours. And if you raise them right, they will continue on that way. And they become a part of your body. Okay. The body of Christ. Yet. Where's the anguish? So as for this message, 
I love this message. I've liked it. And may I'm, I do not agree with a lot of Times Square Church. I've never really agreed with how they do worship and yada, yada, all, all that extra stuff. Um, but see, this is where I say you can take in the gold nuggets and just get rid of the bones. It's, it's a great message, man. Hope you guys go search it out, listen to its entirety. If you do, please, this is supposed to be relational. Leave a comment below. Send an email. Check me out on whatever social media. These are the type of things I want to talk about, discuss, even go over with you guys. Like, share, all that good stuff, whatever. God bless you guys. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you for dropping by. Please remember to subscribe, to share, like, and to catch the next one.